Hey everybody, Jeff here with JFree906 Podcast and welcome tonight. We have a great show for you. It's going to be a little bit about Skinwalker Ranch. It's going to be a little bit about uh, the expedition Bigfoot, but it's mostly and all actually about our special guest tonight, Pete Kelsey. Uh, so Mike Owen, uh, who is a moderator over at e the Insiders for Skinwalker Ranch Insiders is going to help me co-host tonight. And we've got Pete Kelsey on. And you guys know uh, Pete Kelsey. He's been on several different shows. Uh, and this guy, I tell you, has got a background. The places he's been and the things that he has done, you're in for a treat tonight. So <laughs> sit back and enjoy. We're going to be right back right after this. So we're going to get started with Pete Kelsey. All right. Why do the UFOs show up there? Why are there so many going there and spotted there over most any place else in the world? There are other UFO hotspots, but Skinwalker Ranch area is definitely one of them. This shot right here, this is basically a collage of all the UAPs that they had seen over the ranch during the last season. They put them all together into one picture and that's that's a lot of them. And it was when they were when the drill rig was in the ground, their compasses were changing. Instead of pointing to north, they were pointing at the drill rig. I mean, how how, how does things like this happen? I feel like with the insiders, it's really unique. Where it doesn't feel like we're fans anymore necessarily. Like we are, but like we're involved, right. and that feels much more official than a fan. right we are back and uh mike owen sitting in the co-host chair tonight and our very special guest mr pete kelsey welcome thank you for coming on the show tonight yeah thank you jeff i'll tell you what uh as i was mentioning earlier you know and mike and i've been talking about this for a while um you know that uh you know having you on the show and you know it's one of those things where I just looking into your background, you know, I first got introduced to you by watching Skinwalker Ranch when you came out there and you were doing some work uh, for the team with the drone and the LIDAR. Um, that's where I first saw you. But then I thought, wait a minute, haven't I seen him before somewhere? And sure enough, Expedition Bigfoot. So I saw both of those and which was really neat. But then, you know, I got looking into your background and I thought, oh, my gosh. And that's why I picked this background that I'm showing right here. As uh, Easter Island, because you've got a lot of experience there as well, and I, I really, I, I, it's it's a treat to have you on. I, I thank you again for coming on tonight. Uh, I, I know this is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and wow, Easter Island, it's it's kind of where where literally my life changed from black and white to color, literally. Really? Yeah, it was, it was just, um, I'll call it the first sort of special project I did, first mm -hmm. high visibility thing, because at the time I was working for a huge software company and I was the global evangelist for one of their product lines. Mm -hmm. 
which had to do with civil engineering and surveying and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just went to my boss and said, I'm going to be down in South America anyway. I'm going to take five days off and go out to the island and see if I can't um, start a conversation about these things that I know how to do and how I think they could be relevant there. And then. So you were on vacation. You went out there on vacation. I did. I did. <laughs> and you ended up working. Yeah. 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 Well, I just, I had this vision of, you know, it's such a, you know, unique place. The place, mm -hmm. I mean, speaks for itself. And I just thought, look, my skill set in general is I know how to basically virtualize or 3D model any physical thing. It's kind of what I do, uh -huh. even back then. Um, so I just went out on vacation and started asking people who would care about this. All right. And I found somebody and she's a dear friend to this day and five trips later and you know we modeled the whole island and oh my gosh had amazing relationships amazing experiences got the uh got the tattoo oh cool <laughs> look at that all right <laughs> um, so yeah it was kind of my origin story that um in terms of figuring out it was the first place that i became aware that the things that I know how to do are incredible tools for people with stories to tell. Yeah. That was one of the things that really got me because you had said one of your, I think, and I don't know if I'm going to quote this correctly, what, but you said, make stories better by using technology. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that is exactly what I do. So my, if I, if there's a formula if you will, that I look for, I look for a great story that I know the technology I'm familiar with can make even better or more interesting or um, yeah, attractive. Answer yeah. Answer questions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really, yeah. That was really a, a, a great, um, a great thing that I read on that is to help answer questions about that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, you know, one of the things that you also mentioned, you know, I saw what, you know, and again, going back and researching some of this stuff about you, uh, one of the things you said is something that I have said, you know, here on the show quite a bit. You said, with all of my projects, uh, highlights, the highlights are the people that I have met, worked with, and have learned from. And that's exactly how I approach this show. The highlight of the show is the people that I've met, like yourself, like Mike like Shannon and the insiders, you know, it's, the, it's these people who have been on my show that, and have taught me something and I've learned from them. I, that's the benefit. That's the highlight to what I've been doing. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the mainline gateway drug. <laughs> that, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. It is. I love the tech. I love going to places I haven't been. I love the experience, you know, all of that. But yeah, absolute top of the list are the people you encounter along the way. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Jan. Jan asked a question about your tattoo. I have to uh, I have to bring that up here real quick. She said, "Hey, Pete, uh, did you get that tat traditionally done? Was it painful?" <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and it hurt. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I don't have any tattoos, so I don't know what it's like anyway. But, I was going to say, don't they all hurt a little? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, all, they all hurt. Yeah. But it's, it's a funny it, – it's just because we're kind of a community here, I have this weird thing that I mark the – life-altering projects that I do on my body. <laughs> Hold on, that's cool. I like that. So. It's definitely a way to remember them for sure also. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I wasn't sure. I You you call, what do you call, you know, I've seen you, uh, your description of you being a technologist. Um, is that is that what you like to hail yourself as, a technologist? Uh, it's... Let's just it's say like it's company the, owner. <laughs> <laughs> it. Let's just call it. It's the shortest thing yeah. I've been able to come up with because um, what I do is what we just talked about. It's like mm -hmm. uh, I provide technology for storytellers. Mm -hmm. If you have a story to tell, I bet you I know ways to make it even better. Um, so, yeah, technologist, storyteller. Um, uh, uh, explorer, mm. lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also a diver. I, I was looking uh, into many things there and I found that you're actually a diver as well. So tell me about some of the things you've like shipwrecks and things that you've dove on before. Oh, wow. Um, let's see. In no particular order. Uh, I did my certification dive on in Micronesia on an island called Kosrae, K-O-S-R-A-E, incredibly beautiful place. And that dive was on a pirate ship wreck. Really? <laughs> you can't wow. make this stuff up. If anybody's interested, if you Google this guy named uh, Bully, Bully Hayes, Bully Hayes. He's probably the worst human being that has ever drawn breath. I mean, murderer, black murder, slave runner, gun runner. I mean, you name it, this guy did it. And his cook, his cook had finally had enough, brained him with a frying pan, <laughs> threw him overboard, fed him to the sharks, set his ship on fire, and it sank there on Goes Ryan. That's where I did my... Um, but from there, um, probably the most life-changing experience in the water. I'm one of a very select few who's done a number of dives on the Arizona and Pearl Harbor. I was going to, that's where I was headed next. Yep. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about that. That was life-changing. That was uh, my favorite story about diving in Arizona is um sitting there on the dock you know all geared up getting ready to get in the water for the first time and one of the park rangers who was there he could tell that i was pretty excited and you know wow i actually got to do this mm -hmm. and he taps me on the shoulder and he goes so you ready to walk on the moon and i went what <laughs> he said he said nobody gets to do this nobody you know, there's some, the Navy does some training here and the super secret Navy guys do some training here. And once in a while, the archaeologists get in the water, but this is akin to walking on the moon. And wow. 
<laughs> the result of that is my first dive. I think my tank lasted about 10 minutes because I, <laughs> I was so, so thrilled to be there and to see these things that, you know, nobody gets to see. And, you know, I'm a veteran, so it's also a, it's Thank a very you. special place. It's a, it's a, it's a war grave. And yep. there are 900 guys who never got out of that ship. They're still in there. And, you know, what an honor and a privilege to have that experience with them, if you will, you know, at their resting place. It was just epic, epic. Uh, thank you for your service. I'm a, I'm a former Navy man myself. And, and when I saw that piece uh, about the uh, Arizona and I watched it, you were going down to make sure that the ship was because it degrades. It's sitting in salt water, obviously, and it degrades over time. And I guess that was part of your job was to go down and see how much it had degraded and what status it was in, I guess. Yeah, that was that was basically it. Yeah, it was. Um, I led a project to basically do a survey of the ship. Mm -hmm. um, we needed all the stakeholders, the park service, the Navy, you know, the survivors, their families, you know, the country, if you will. This is, this is an incredibly important asset historically, emotionally, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So when the project was to establish this, baseline piece of data, which in this case happened to be three-dimensional sonar, underwater LIDAR, underwater photogrammetric data of the ship that is now the baseline that all subsequent surveys forever will be measured against. So wow. you can do what we call change detection, you know, is how is the ship changing, moving, flexing, collapsing, and you know, I've, I've already mentioned a lot of the reasons why that's so important, but, you know, one of the big ones that is one of the most common questions asked there at the memorial is you see the oil coming out of the ship, right? How much oil is in the ship? It's basically half a million gallons. She wow. was fully fueled when <clears throat> she blew up and sank. So there is a huge environmental sort of time bomb that's ticking there and yeah, so yeah. that was part of it as well let's get the thing surveyed so we can monitor change over time and it was right that that feels really good because you know my fingerprints are on that and that's yeah. that's my my kind of legacy yeah absolutely one of the things you had mentioned during this and folks i found this out on uh, it's out on youtube if you'd like to go find it and i also have a couple links down below uh, that uh, Mr. Kelsey here has a uh, website. It's called adventuresinrediscovery.com. That link is in the description below. And also the uh, his website to his business, which is the vctolabs.com. That's there as well. Um, so you can kind of get a little bit more information about this in, in the Arizona. One of the things that you had mentioned during your presentation that you were giving about it was the first ever integration, this is kind of what you had talked about it briefly just a moment ago, but the first ever integration between the terrestrial laser scanning, multi-beam side scan sonar, subsea LIDAR, diver portable and fixed sonar, and the photogrammetry. 
putting those all together. I mean, that's and and you said this set has set the benchmark now for all these types of things going forward. I guess that's well, that's, I, that's I, yeah that that was a highlight for sure. It was I I would call it more of a a pretty risky experiment because um, that integrating all those different data types hadn't happened before. Right. So there was a certain element of risk, you know, <laughs> as the project manager, you know, I lost sleep thinking this is going to work. <laughs> if it doesn't, I'm dead. Yeah. So, wow. uh, but fortunately it worked and that, you know, that's another thing that I care a lot about, which is innovation. It's like that, that box, you know, the think outside the box, that box they always tell you to think outside of. I often describe myself as I don't have a box. <laughs> I just what don't. I, 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 I just, I'm wired. I, I love to take technology designed for one thing and see if it'll work for something else. Or like with the Arizona, let's take a whole bunch of different types of tech and see what happens when we mix them all together. So yep. um, that uh, that's that's part of my <laughs> that's part of my addiction to all this for sure. Yeah. Well, you and Eric Bard probably get along very well then, huh? <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric is such a good friend and uh, teacher, mentor, um, sensei i mean he's yeah he's he's a whole lot smarter than i am but <laughs> he uh he he is just as if not more curious than i am mm -hmm. meaning what would happen oh, that's a crazy idea <laughs> let's 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 go scratch that itch but then he'll say wait a minute um, it is an interesting idea. Let's slow down, pull back. I mean, you guys know Eric. Yeah. Very, very methodical. Mm -hmm. um, he is um, the scientific method um, courses through that guy's veins. And it's a great yin to my yang, if you will, because I'm just like, let's go, let's go. Oh, I got this crazy idea. And Eric will say, <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> Yes, but we're going to do it right. We're going to do it slow. Um, yeah. And that, he's, he's just the greatest. It's, uh, you know, like, like I said, he's, he's become a, a good and trusted friend. Yep. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to delve into to that and as Kinwalker Ranch team a little bit more here. But one last thing I wanted to say about the Arizona was during that video that I watched, um, you had found a cook pot on the bottom of, the, the the bay there the harbor that was part of the arizona and you had i guess scanned it because of your scans you were able to put together a 3d or a 3d printed version of it is that correct that is. And, and then you showed it to uh you were given a presentation to one of the um people that was on the arizona i guess was that and, and it, I, I forget exactly what the man what his role was i think he was a survivor from the arizona correct yes. you showed it to him during the presentation he was kind of like trying to fit this all together but when you handed him that piece 
I mean, that was that was an emotional time. Oh. It was crazy. No, I, I, it's it circles back to what we were talking about earlier that the best part of these projects are the people you meet and yeah. the gentleman you're talking about um, was Don Stratton, who has since passed away. Um, but yeah, that was. It, it's funny. I can feel myself welling up because it's so. It was so powerful because you're right. It, uh, so for the folks listening, I had all the data from the Arizona, this beautiful and specifically this cooking pot. And it's actually, it was a known artifact. So it wasn't discovery. It was my job to, or our job to document that these artifacts they were are on the deck of the ship in the area of the galley. And so it was underwater photogrammetry swing create this 3D model, then 3D print it. And I had Don at my laptop and the room is full of media, cameras, people from all over because everybody, including me, couldn't wait to show Don his ship after 75 something years. Right. And, you know, didn't want to miss that moment. And so I'm showing him the data in the laptop and Don, you know, he's an old salt. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I recognize it. Yeah. And I, I wasn't, he wasn't reacting like I thought he would, mm -hmm. but I had the 3d print of the pot with me and I put it in his hand and I have a picture of that somewhere. And he's, he started to well up. And then all of us, the whole room, we just oh. lost it. There wasn't a dry eye in the place Wow! because he, there was something about, that tactile experience of a coworker of mine, again, much smarter than I'll ever be. He said, Pete, what you did is you went from analog, the real pot yep. to digital, mm -hmm. the 3d model of the pot back yep. to analog, a real physical thing mm -hmm. that you could then give Don an experience with. And it was, I was just like, wow, yeah. it was just epic. And that led to, my God, I got invited to the the survivors party at the 75th anniversary, wow. which wow. is nobody gets invited to. And it was so I'm still still so honored that I got to be there for that and was invited by the survivors and their fam, the families, because without their approval, none of this would have happened because obviously it means a whole lot to them. Yep. And uh, I got to put. I got to hand each of the survivors a 3D print of the entire ship. Oh, wow. And say, here's your wow. ship exactly as it looked like in 2000, in October of 2016. And again, I, I barely got through that. I'm bawling wow. like a baby. It was just so wow. great. So, yeah, I can only imagine even, wow. even watching that little, and, and again, folks, it's out there on YouTube. If you want to find it, it's, it was pretty easy to find for me. Um, just look at, you know, Pete Kelsey and the USS Arizona and you'll, you'll find it there, but it was, it was emotional just to watch it on, you know, on YouTube. Um, it really was. And I just, uh, I commend you for your work on that. That was really, really, that was something. Actually, if I can, Jeff, just maybe take 30 seconds because I'd like to, um, share a story about Don. Okay. Please. Because he, um, 
obviously all their survivors matter. There are only actually two of them left who are still alive. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I've met them both and incredible people to meet. Anyway, Don's story actually found its way into the movie Midway. Oh, really? Which is what, four, maybe three or four years old now? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a scene in the movie where the Arizona is hit, explodes, and is sinking and is on fire. Mm -hmm. And a couple of guys go th across a heaving line to the ship next door. Right. One of those guys was Don Stratton. Oh, really? That's his actual true story. Oh, wow. So he was burned over, I think it's 80% of his body. He's literally on fire with one other guy at his battle station. This guy throws him a heaving line. They tie it off and hand over hand go through flames and horror. And, and he lived and spent a year in the hospital, went home, uh, you know, medical discharge and get this. He re-enlisted <laughs> and went back and served on the destroyer until the end of the war. Uh, the end of the war. I mean, it's just so. I, I, what an honor to meet that guy. Yeah, Amazing. yeah, yeah. So. and just like Jim said, they're the greatest generation for sure. Wow. Oh yeah, that's an incredible story. I had no idea that that was that 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 was him and that you know portraying that scene in the movie that that was him going. Oh wow. Yeah, that's, that's really, really something. And his, you know, uh, there's so many, there's so many stories. There's, there's a new USS Arizona, by the way. Oh, is there? It's going to be a submarine. Yeah. Oh wow. And uh, uh, one of Don's, I think Grand's. If I, I hope I get this right, one of his, I think his granddaughter is going to be at the launching or launching yeah yeah really yeah. just cool so wow that is cool that's a great story um and, and again like you mentioned before just meeting these people and uh you know be you get pulled into their story um by what you're doing and that's just amazing it truly is yeah um you also spent some time with the iowa also right you did something with the uss yeah. iowa yeah that was what a cool place so the iowa the last battleship, if you will, um, uh, the Iowa, uh, the first of the Iowa class battleships, which were the last ones. Mm -hmm. There are four of them. They're all floating museums, of course. There's the Iowa, the Wisconsin, the New Jersey, and the Missouri. And the Iowa is in the San Pedro. It's basically um, Los Angeles, an amazing museum, just like all four of them are. Right. Go see them if you're a Navy World War II history nut like I am. They're, all of them are worth the trip, but the Iowa was, that was a project where I thought everybody who goes to the Iowa or any one of the Iowa class battleship museums, you see the guns and that's where you want to go. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me in that turret and let me see how these huge <laughs> guns, that's where everybody wants to go. Well, you can't. It's confined space. It's dark and slippery. And there's a million ways to get hurt in there. And I raised my hand and reached out to my friend Mike there, who basically runs sort of the engineering part of the operation there. And 
said, Mike, what if we virtualized one of the turrets to give people a virtual experience of the space because it's where everybody wants to go. Right. And, uh, you know, kudos to Mike. He said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. So a couple of friends and I with laser scanners um, and actually uh, we flew some LIDAR as well of the ship. Uh, but we got all, I think, I forget, it's either five or seven decks. Those turrets are amazing, amazing bits of engineering. And, of course, fun fun part for me is because we're doing the scanning, I'm behind the velvet ropes, and I got to see it all. <laughs> yeah. You know, it brings out the nine-year-old in me who used to make models of, you know, battleships yeah. and stuff. So yep. it was a great one. Wow. Preserving That's history. Cool. Pretty yeah, cool stuff. Sure. And you know what? The virtual stuff is really cool too, because I mean, I, I've got, I've got a VR headset and I get into some of that stuff, uh, you know, and, and there's so much more than just games. Everybody thinks, Oh, it's just playing games. No, there's a lot more to it than just, and, and again, there's a, a point right there that I would, I'm going to have to see if I can find that and, you know, with the VR, cause I would love to see that myself because it's so realistic when you're, it's like, you're standing there. It yeah. truly is when you're using the VR headsets and, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to find that now and see if I can do that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if if the guys at, at the Iowa um, ever made it public or whatnot, but oh, the, okay. the data exists it. and it's okay. Uh, yeah, you can do impossible stuff like you know it's a 16 inch gun, right? Mm -hmm. Well, virtually you can go right down the barrel. <laughs> you know, I mean, impossible things. It's uh, it's a line I use a lot, both on and off cameras making the invisible visible yeah yeah truly that's that's got to be such satisfying work that you're doing it really does um you know they um you know we we talked about the easter island uh, a little bit and and i you know we kind of skimmed over that a little bit at the end there you were talking about sonia that you met and um you know with i i just wanted to kind of touch back on that just for a moment to say when you were there, you, you did a scan of the entire island. Was that how it went? And you did the, you know, the working with the statues as well, or? Yeah, there was, um, part of the effort was I wanted a, a model, a three-dimensional model of the entire island, because it's not very big, um, which we were able to put together mostly from existing data um, that I was able to beg, borrow, or steal, or find out on the web. Mm -hmm. Um, but the scanning, uh, was, uh, the Moai, the statues were definitely part of it. Um, you, you don't go to Easter Island with laser scanners and not do the Moai. <laughs> um, um, but we also went out to, uh, they're called the Motu, which are the sub islands, these tiny little rocks that stick up out of the ocean and, there were caves out there that people have obviously been living in and working in. And, you know, I learned from the archeologists that there was an amazing source of obsidian out there, which they used yeah. to make cutting tools. Right. Right. And so to see this huge pile, that's probably took centuries, if not millennia to create of people sitting out there on this rock carving, you know, tools wow. um, was really, really something. Um, uh, we did a lot of work 
um, and what they're known as the rock gardens. It's like, okay, you know, Easter Island is famous for a lot of things, but you know, here is a civil, it's called the collapse theory. Here's a civilization that basically vanished. Right. And the talking points are typically, you know, they, they would fish and they would, you know, eat seabirds, but then they cut down all the trees probably to help make and transport the statues. Mm -hmm. Well, you cut down all the trees and you can't make canoes and you can't go fishing. So then they eat all the seabirds until the seabirds are gone. And then they start eating each other. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it was part of the project was to figure out to identify what are known as rock gardens. They just look like a pile, a big field of volcanic rock that you wouldn't think anything would grow out of, but they did. They grew a lot of taro out of these rock gardens. And that was sort of a new and controversial theory, if I remember this right, back then. And I wanted to help Sonia and her team, you know, um, make that case, make that argument. Um, so that was... It was great. Um, um, it's such a such a magical place for so many reasons. One of the things as a diver that few people know about Easter Island is that the ocean around it is virtually sterile. Oh, really? So for a diver, this is some of the clearest water in the world anywhere. So for the divers out there, if you can get your head around this, the visibility is 300 feet wow it's like wow. floating in glass it's just wild, wild. that's amazing yeah so anyway. were, were you able to to scan um some of the statues i know have carvings on the back mm -hmm. and as as we've seen recently sometimes there's things the naked eye can't see that those scans can can bring to light were you able to get anything scanned um, close up I'm trying to think if we did specifically on the statues. Um, there is a well-known statue there at the quarry where all the statues come from. It's called Rano Raraku. Um, there's a well-known moai there that has graffiti on it. And we know it's graffiti because it's a tall ship, you know, three masts, a whole bunch of sails. Um, but I don't... I remember um, petroglyphs in a few caves we went in of um, a likeness. Um, his name's Make Make, and he was their, the highest of the high in terms of their deities. Um, and that, that was a great tool for laser scanning because you're absolutely right, Mike, that, that it, it, for rock art petroglyphs specifically, it's an amazing tool for making the invisible visible mm -hmm. because you can exaggerate the data in like, in terms of depth. So things that might only have like a millimeter of depth, you could, what would it look like if we stretched that to 10 millimeters on it? Whoa, oh, that's wow. clearly man-made art. I mean, that, yep. that kind of thing. So, yeah. It's definitely brought out some of those types of things that we're we're gonna yeah why somebody somebody a couple of people asked that question why is the water sterile Do you know well the, and and forgive me I'm that might be a poor choice of words on my part I am not 
a, a marine biologist. It's my understanding is that it's because this is the most remote inhabited island in the world. Mm. It is like dead center between Santiago, Chile and Tahiti. I mean, it is 1500 miles in any direction to the nearest landmass. I mean, it's so isolated. So um, there's not a whole lot out there. So I'm sure it has to do with current and, you know, its location, you know, things beyond my understanding, but um, there is not a whole lot of stuff in the water there, um, mm. which makes the water incredibly clear. It's also when the weather's perfect, there could be 12 foot swells. Mm. And that's because there's nothing between Tahiti and the island to you know, knock that wave down to something smaller. Yeah. Wow. So, um, fascinating place it is and it's all it's so fascinating how you think of people even be how did they ever get there in the first place so it's yeah. so out of reach of everything it's like it must have been purely accidental that they ended up there in the first place that's amazing that easter island is such a it's a story to be told and i there's so much information out there that can be dug up on it i'm sure but um let's uh let's jump into uh get a little bit you know i know a lot of the folks that are here are either uh uh, insiders, or as Mike uh, Owen here has got me, uh, when I went to Phenomicon, you know, in uh, last September, he told me, he says, Jeff, you really got to check out this whole Bigfoot stuff because you're going to find that, uh, you know, now this team at Expedition Bigfoot is very, um, the their backgrounds of these people, um, Russell Accord, Dr. Mariah Mayer, you know, and uh, Ronnie LeBlanc and uh, Bryce their backgrounds are very credible people. They are very, I mean, I was amazed listening to Dr. Mariah Mayer uh, when she got up and gave her talk about her background, just amazing people. Um, and so that got me started on that. And again, I started going back and watching the, the show again and boom, there you are. And you're out there doing a scanning of this uh, area that, and I forget the actual name of this area that where you were doing it. Um, and I watched this ep portion, I watched this episode a few times in the portion that you were in there, you had quite an experience. Uh, tell us a little bit about, if you would, if you, what you can, I know that there's NDAs involved. So what, what the things that you can tell us about the parts that were aired, um, first of all, how did, how did you come about? Did they reach out to you and say, come on out and take a look at this? I mean, how did that all get started? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. Actually, I'm I'm trying to remember how the Bigfoot thing started. I, well, I didn't know anybody there, so they must have reached out to me. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. sure that's what happened. Um, but uh, I, I'll I'll be honest with that one. I was like, mm, I'm not sure this is for me. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, let's talk. So we had. The more I talked with the producers, it, um, I knew, you know, my lights went off. It's like, I think, I think I can help you. So one of my ideas, which I think is what you're alluding to was there's this, it's, it's, uh, it's something that it's very common in laser scanning, the use of LIDAR and the industry term is ghosting. Yes. And ghosting 
frankly, is an enormous pain in the ass. It is what it what it means is is if I've got the scanner going and somebody walks through my scan, they ghost mm. through the scan, and right. I have to clean all that stuff up. It's miserable work. I hate it. Everybody who does what I do hate it. Everybody hates ghosting. Well, my idea to the producers was, you know, if we just went out where you think there's been activity and I have the scanner running, if anything walks through the path or moves through the path, whatever, if there's any kind of motion, because LIDAR hates motion, mm -hmm. that motion, whether it's tree moving in a wind, in the wind, anything, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, well. it will it will ghost and we'll see it and they were like oh we have to try that i'm like cool <laughs> let's go yeah so um the rest of it i mean the rest of what happened you see in the show i mean we were out the olympic peninsula in washington state in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night it's like I was always wondering, are you guys doing this to me on purpose? Middle of, middle of the night, you know, am I, are you guys going to murder me and take my stuff? <laughs> you know, you, now you can laser scan without me. I mean, right, right, yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They won't know how to use it, but yeah. They can, yeah. <laughs> um, and sure enough, we're out there walking in the woods and loud noise of like a branch breaking um scared the bejesus out of me because it's so quiet and so remote and a loud noise i mean whew, i damn yeah. near i damn near had an accident <laughs> <laughs> well, i've got a, i've got a couple of pictures i want to show real quick too and uh this was this was uh, i got grabbed these from the episode yeah. um, and this is where you got on the phone this is after the fact and I heard that when you were actually walking along with the cameraman there and you were scanning and you stopped and you said, did you hear that? And he was like, what did you see? And and so you were trying to describe what you had seen, um, you know, and then when you got back to the car and I'm going to show those pictures here in just a moment. But you got back to the to the vehicle here and you were talking to Bryce and you were explaining to him what you had seen and you you were saying, you know, you could see, you know, I could tell from watching this that this wasn't some theater. You weren't doing theatrics here. You weren't trying to be an actor and portray somebody that was scared. You could tell that you were shaken up by the experience that you just had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it was. It, it scared the bejesus out of me. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. Great. I'm like, we have to look at the data. Um, um, you can see in the picture you had up before. I mean, we're at the tailgate of the mm -hmm. uh, one of the crew members' cars or something. And I'm like, we can look at this really quick. I need like 20 minutes to download it and process. Let's have a look. And then, yeah, that <laughs> that that was true. I, I remember, I'll be honest with you, when I first saw that, I was thinking my career is over. <laughs> um, either either i'm going to be labeled a crackpot or you know i'm on the take with a production company or whatever I, it was my very first thought is like i'll never work again <laughs> uh, 
But there you have it. There's something that looked like it does. I don't want to even put words in anybody's Yeah, mouth. yeah. There was yeah. something there that ghosted in the data um, that, hey, it's yeah. there. Right. And, then, you know, the obvious questions to me are, have you ever seen this before? Mm-hmm. No. Um, does, and I would go into some dialogue about ghosting, and here's what ghosting is and why it happened. Uh, no, no, no. It was, it was, it was crazy. I, um, that was my second reaction was, wow, am I having a mini stroke or losing my mind or, <laughs> you know, um, because I'm my, I, I, I can't say that I do it every time, but I try, I always try when something like this happens, let's stick with a reasonable first because this yes. is technology, right? Is yes. there something wrong with the scanner? Did I screw something up in the post-processing? You know, is there some logical, reasonable, perfect explanation for this? Right. Um, yep. And but every once in a while, you know, when you see something like this, you go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. interesting, interesting part to me was, you know, if you if you've watched the show and and seen the different episodes, it seems like most of the time whatever is out there making noise around around the 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 folks that are out in the field it's always just at the edge of being seen whether they're using thermal um, or infrared or high-powered flashlights they can never see it they can hear it sometimes they can smell it um, but they have a hard time seeing it and you bring in this completely different technology and boom, there it is. Yeah. Something. There's yeah, something. something. Yeah. Something. Whatever, and, and again, whatever it was, yep. um, it showed up. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it was just really nice to see. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of like that show is they're really good about using a lot of different technology, um, whether it's yeah. you know, different drones for surveillance or the LIDAR. Um, they're trying different things to see if there's any way to, you know, progress that story and figure out what's really going on. There's enough evidence to know that there's something out there. We don't know what it is. So let's right. let's keep trying and and try different things and and see what may come up. This was to me a fantastic catch. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Kat Kat mentioned it right here too. And I in grabbing my pictures here, um it wasn't the best, but if you watch the episode, you can see that um and there's another screenshot that I didn't capture that's right after this one where you can see like three ghosted images. It's kind of faded a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter. And it looks like something was actually moving through the time frame of Pete's scan. And again, we don't know. We don't have a clue what it is. I mean, you know, but man, oh man, this is. Yeah. The, the only thing that I know for sure that it is, it's compelling. <laughs> yes. There you go. That's perfect. It is very compelling. Yeah. yeah um, but uh, yeah, that was, I forget which, I think that was uh, episode number one or two. Three? I think. It was a three, three. episode in season three, episode three. Uh, so go check that out folks, if you want to, but uh, Pete was there doing his work and you can see 
um, truly see that he was shook up during that uh, uh, that portion there. I mean, it, you heard it first, and then you went back and looked at what you may have captured, and sure enough, there was something there. So I don't know. That's very, like you said, it very compelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, have they invited you back? Yeah, yeah, okay. I did. Um, yeah, I know you probably can't talk about some of that, but I was just curious if you. Well, same season I did. Uh, it's actually it's something I'm intensely proud of because it's at the risk of sounding like I'm beating my chest. Um, I guess there's no way around that. I'm. I'm we did an episode. It is aired where I had this idea. The Patterson Gimlin film. Ah, yes, there you go. Episode thirteen. Oh, my gosh, Mike. <laughs> he knows them very well. <laughs> this was. Uh, I'll before I even start talking about it. The reason I'm so proud of it is because this is probably the most interesting, just bloody cool, uh, forensic in, uh, project I've ever done. That. I'm not sure a whole lot of people are even aware of. So what was it? I had this idea that I mentioned to the producers and I said, you know, the Patterson Gimlin film, as soon as they told me that it's the second most watched film in history, second only to the Zapruder film, the film of the Kennedy assassination, wow. everybody knows the, the PG film. Everybody. It's right. It's where all the, I, uh, icons of Bigfoot have come from and you know that mid <laughs> that mid stride pose it's all from the PG yeah. film so I said look I am aware of technology let me back up I just put it to him a question what if I could tell you how tall that critter in the PG film is and they went you can do that <laughs> and I went yeah I can I know how to do referred it referred to as Patty yeah, it's Patty, right? And um, so they're like, oh, that's great. Let's go. And I said, and oh, by the way, everything else in that sequence we can measure, you know, length of her forearm, uh, how big's her stride, you know, anything you can see, basically I can tie that to real world geometry. And how we did that is we went to the film site way out in the woods and i actually had bryce do the scanning which was so cool because he was like i don't know how to do this i'm like bryce come on man it's it's really simple and you should do this you should do the scan and he did it and that gave us the real geometry to then match up the process is called or at least used to be called perspective matching mm. where you match the perspective in the film to the perspective in the scan data and the the way the only way that that would work is if we had known items if you will in both the film and the scan and i you know i don't want to for those who haven't seen that episode we did that there are trees 50 years later that are still there that you can wow. see in the pg film that we used to establish that reality in terms of geometry. And we know how tall Patty was. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's that, that was that area changed so much too, because it was, 
I mean, at 1967, I, I think they'd said that a flood had just gone through that creek. So yeah. it had wiped out a bunch of stuff. There was some debris, piles of debris here and there, but it was pretty wide open. And now it's it's very overgrown. Yeah. So the fact that you found anything that is still there is remarkable. Yeah. The, the time is, you know, going to consume that space and and we may never have been able to know that before. So um, amazing that you're able to do that. Yeah, that was, like I said, I'm pretty proud of that one. That was, that that's true forensic science, right? There's no, that's where, you know, the line between, you know, a really popular television show and, you know, hardcore science gets really clear. And that, that just, I don't know. I feel good about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought I, I had, I, I thought I had something real quick that I could show everybody a picture from, I'm on your, uh, your website right now, uh, taking a look at some of the, uh, the pictures and things that are out here. And I tell you, it's, it's amazing. But I, I thought that I thought I had seen a picture of it here and I know it's here somewhere, but I don't want to spend too much time digging for it. But yeah, that's that, uh, that whole scene there that, you know, being able to go out there and actually say how, how big, um, you know, after all these years. And that's the, that's the beauty of the LIDAR is to be able to then remove that layer of, uh, I guess the foliage of trees or whatever, and get a look at it. That's, that's amazing. It truly yeah. is. Yeah, that was, that was cool. And, and again, on the, from the people perspective, I mean, that was basically Bryce's scene mm -hmm. and, it was so fun watching Bryce because <laughs> he, well, he's a good guy, uh, um, genuinely curious. I mean, you know, all the things that attract me and he, he just couldn't get enough and watching him. Wow. You know, I'm like, this is the Patterson Gimlin film site. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, it was fun because I don't know who was, out geeking the other because I knew where we were and <laughs> I knew the PG film and I yeah, anyway right. it was just just a a great experience as always from you know the the people place if you will as well yep yeah for sure all which right let's, I, uh, go which, ahead which reminds me you mentioned uh, Phenomicon I was supposed to go oh really and I wanted to go I was registered to go because I was thinking. Will I be the only person there who's worked on both shows? You know, with yeah, I think so. All the cast members, and I was, right. I gotta go. <laughs> and I was so disappointed I couldn't. I, I can't remember what it was, but I got some paying gig that I couldn't say no to, so I I didn't make it. But right, I am sorry I missed it. Uh, it was it was great. I uh, I went to a you know. Um, once I, once I became uh, Linda is the one who actually told me about being, she saw the thing about being an insider before I did. And then, so I looked into it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got to do this. She's like, you need to do this. And then that's when I found out about Phenomicon. And then of course, talking with Thomas, um, Thomas and stuff. And he's been on, I have had Thomas and Eric on the show before. And then, you know, working with Thomas and he mentioned it also, he's very big in the starting of Phenomicon. Um, but yeah, that's where I went out and met some great people out there and it was phenomenal. Yeah. I met Jim. There's Jim right there. I met Jim and Roger out there and, uh, and it was, it was really great. I would have loved to have seen you out there. That was cause you're right. You're the guy who's been on both TV shows that were 
very well um, uh, shown there, you know, with all the uh, represent represented there, I should say, yeah. uh, with all the cast members and everything. So, yeah. All right. It's going to be on again next year. It's uh, September, the weekend after Labor Day again next year. So, uh, are this in Vernal again? Yeah, it's in Vernal again. Yeah. Phenomicon 2023 will be in Vernal. Uh, yeah, I think it's the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, or sixth. I don't know. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's the week after um, Labor Day weekend. So, yeah. and I'll be there for sure again this year. I think Mike's going, right? Mike, you're going to be there? Uh, we're going to try. We're going to try. That's a long oh. drive. Yeah. Long drive for you, yeah. I know, but it's a long drive. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, it was great. I really enjoyed being out there. And, uh, and you know, Speaking of which, you know, that's the thing about being an insider as well. And I got to, I got to, I got to throw this out there and kind of pump this for just a moment because you're an insider, Pete. And of course, Mike is, Mike is actually uh, one of the moderators for, uh, with Shannon, uh, moderator for the insiders group there on Facebook. And that's a place, and most of the people that are in here are probably insiders as well, but that's a place where we get to actually interact with the cast members of the show. We just recently had a Q&A. They do Q&As all the time. Eric's on there quite often. We were talking with Eric again today. Uh, our, Bryant was there today. Dragon, uh, he was in there chatting it up with us. And Caleb did a little thing at 5 o'clock today where he was showing some stuff happening to his phone while he was actually doing his police work. Um, and this happens all the time. And there was a segment here not too long ago where they did a Q&A where everybody was there and Brandon was there and you were there and, and you guys were all talking and some, you were doing some work out there. And I know we can't talk about that too much, but you were doing some work out there. This is away from the filming season. You were out there working and we got, we were given access to this information and shown pictures of your scans that you had done. And it was like, oh my gosh, we're getting we're getting information and seeing pictures that would be normally, you know, covered up and hidden until airtime on the TV show. But yet, as insiders, we're getting access to this. And yeah. you and you were out there explaining it. And it was just absolutely great. So yeah. for those of you watching that ha are not an insider, you really got to check it out. The link is in the description below to go out and check out being an insider. And like I said, we were talking with, you know, Bryant today, Dragon, of course, and Thomas and was out shoveling snow. They were shoveling it, and Eric was out shoveling snow off the helipad today. And, you know, he's like, oh, I don't want anybody to watch me shoveling snow, you know, so he turned the camera. So he didn't want to he wasn't see wearing flip-flops again, was he? Yeah, no. yeah he ran he's out there flip-flops one time. Uh, that's, uh... It really is a cool thing, and I'm so glad that you're part of that, too. Yeah, Eric, oh, he's, he's shoveling snow right now. Okay. <laughs> He should be watching this, is what he should be doing. But, uh, I, I seen him pop in a little while ago. I, I we saw something in the chat pop up and and uh, said that was probably Eric because when he says something, it comes over as Skinwalker Ranch. Um, yeah, that when he's inside there talking with people. Anyway, that's one of the really cool things about that. So, segueing right into Skinwalker Ranch and the things that you've done out there, I have to ask you about. Uh, the end of, I think it was the season where you went out and you did a, a, a scan. This was a, not, this wasn't with the LIDAR. This was, where, 
Yeah, photogrammetry. Yeah, photogrammetry. You were going, you went out and you did a scan. Now, one thing I want to ask you about this, uh, the scanning process with the drone. Do you pre-program the drone to actually do the lawnmower action and going back and forth and you just tell no. it, and let it go? Yes. You're not flying at every moment of that flight, correct? No. I've okay. I've flown old school, you know, with my thumbs a few mm -hmm. times, but typically you only take over if you have to, if there's a problem or an emergency or something. Okay. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that because it seemed like it might have been something that was pre-programmed, which I think is great. Um, and again, I, I'm hoping because we saw this on the show and after it was done, the data was put together. Eric had a presentation in the uh, in the command center there uh, with everybody, and he was showing what they had found. And I'm going to show the picture here. Uh, yes. This was a picture that was shown on uh, the episode for us all to see. And it what it looked like to me was that it had taken some of the pictures and it, it for whatever reason, and I'm going to let you explain this as best you can with it. It looked like it put these pictures into this form, uh, you know, standing up a hundred feet in the air from the mate or from the ground. What happened here? What was that? That is a very good question. The short, <laughs> answer, the, the short answer is, um, I don't know. I literally don't know. Um, I remember when I, when Eric showed this to me, mm -hmm. um, same question, Pete, have you ever seen this before? Uh, no, no, I have not. And I have been doing, this is photogrammetry, as mm -hmm. Mike said, drone-based photogrammetry. I've been doing drone-based photogrammetry since, let's see, at least 2014, maybe wow. before. Um, Can you explain exactly what it is? Yeah, yeah. So photogrammetry, my favorite explanation is anyone with any camera can take a series of photographs of anything and then the photogrammetry software will stitch all those photographs together and give you these really rich, I mean, beautiful three-dimensional models. Mm -hmm. um, now that that is, you know, the 30,000 foot view to get a little more granular about it in terms of what is so impressive about the technology to me is it the software you imagine the computer processing power that's required to do what i'm about to say it looks at every pixel in every photo and looks for similarities that that is intense especially with this particular flight i mean this was like 30 i, I want to say thirty-two thousand images and 27, 25-ish megabytes a piece. Mm -hmm. That is extraordinary. It was so big and so such a monumental computing task. I couldn't do it on my laptop. We had to do it. Eric had to do it there wow. at the command center on that unbelievable workstation <laughs> he has there. Thank God, thank God he has it or else it wouldn't be yeah. possible at all. Right. Um, you know, so I, the, I, the drone is reliant on GPS, but 
the the stitching together of the pictures is not as much is not reliant on GPS. That's done by matching pixels. Uh, the whole process, the whole process uses RTK GPS from the drone. Okay. So all of that that data is spatial, meaning gotcha. It's tied to the ground. You can get a lat long elevation for any of it. Um, but yeah, that was, and Eric saw it before I did, because I didn't get to do the processing. I couldn't. Right. And he's like, uh, Pete, I need to talk to you. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, some, something, it, it, you know, it seems like, and you, you made the comment, you've never seen your equipment do anything like this before, correct? That's correct. And so it looked like what it had done was because it felt that there was something there, it was taking pictures that were obviously taken of the ground and it somehow put them into this form that we see in the, in the photograph there. It's, I don't know. It, it, it's, it goes back to the whole thing about how they kept talking about there being some sort of an anomaly uh, and it just kind of reinforces that, you know, talking about some sort of anomaly there that they kept talking about, about, a, you know, a, a mile high or, you know, so many uh, thousand feet above the Mesa or above the, the ranch that was they were having all these weird things happening. GPS is going nuts. And again, GPS being used by the by the drone Um to 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 cause them issue with things and there it is i mean now we're seeing a are we seeing a uh, a picture of that same anomaly I don't, I don't know there was another one taken and this was the one looking back towards it and you can see in the background here you can see the top of the one that's on the on the bottom not up on the mesa and then this one here is actually on the mesa and it's right there by the stone circle uh, the little uh, the little swirl of stones that were up there up on top of the mesa and so it, it did it twice in two different areas and they're both areas of interest on the ranch it's just how in the world did it do that we yeah just amazing well and i i loved i think it's i think it's in that episode um um i can't remember eric or travis somebody makes the observation that wow they line up meaning and for me as an old civil engineer land surveying guy that's where i spent earlier part of my career mm -hmm. um i i was like what's that bearing <laughs> ah yeah show, show me the bearing i want that compass bearing maybe it points to something interesting you know mm -hmm. or maybe it's just you know maybe it's nothing who knows but um yeah that is that is again wow is that compelling now yeah, it could it be could it be logically explained as a software or a hardware thing maybe of course yeah, i have yeah. to have to consider that i have yep, to sure um uh have we involved you know the vendors you know what's going on here yep um but it remains as far as i know it remains <laughs> compelling yeah 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 especially when you put the fact of like i said you know they have come up with so many things that they have triangulated 
a anomalous things that they found with the GPS dropping the bottles. You know, they had the GPS trackers and this is all that stuff that Eric makes all the time. Oh, let me just, I'll make these up. And he's in there building these circuit boards and whatnot, but they put these in the bottles. They were dropping them down and it, there was a couple of them. It looked like it went down and bounced off of something. And then, you know, and then, you know, went off to the side, all those, everything that they've come up with some sort of anomalies in that same area. And then, you have your photogrammetry showing something there. And again, it's, is it, is it proof? No, it's not. But it, like you said, it sure is compelling that they've had these other instances proving that there's something showing that there's something there. And now you have actual picture of it. I don't know. What do you, what, what, what can a person make of that? I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, SB Hink said, uh, is it repeatable? I, I don't know. You know, it would be fun to try to go back and do another scan and see if it happens again. Something like that. I don't know. They need to bring you. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It, it ain't, it ain't science. If it's, if it, if it's not repeatable. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's uh, forgive the sidebar, but that is the place that is the thing about, that place, um, and I, I don't mean to oversell this. I mean, I speak from experience. If ever I develop like a twitch in my right eye, like from the Pink Panther character. <laughs> I know uh, it's right. <laughs> Inspector, Inspector Dreyfus. So if ever, yes, I, yeah, yeah. if ever I, you know, develop a twitch, that's the ranch. Because <laughs> that place... I've never been so consistently mystified, frustrated, embarrassed, angry. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, the place. But at the end of the day, um, where where I typically wind up is, frankly, is just humbled, um, mm -hmm. because that place will that place will test you. <laughs> it really will. Um, I think I saw a question, you know, if, have I lost drones there or how many? Yeah, that's where I was headed next the to. The couch stands at three. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three drones, and they weren't cheap. Mm. Um, and, you know, I can own definitely one I lost, which was my mistake. Um, pilot error, I flew into a power line. Mm. And but the odds of that happening still are so astronomical. It, it just bad luck. Wow, flew into a power line. But the first one is actually on. Actually, no, the second drone I lost is actually on the Insiders Channel, and um, Thomas and Eric talk about it. That was, mm -hmm. yeah, that was a strange day. Strange day. That was you know off season because. Yeah, I've been there a bunch of times, and sometimes you know the crew is there shooting the show, and sometimes they're not, and that's mm -hmm. that's always that's a point I, I I think that's well talked about by others, but I will add to that chorus that look um, whether the cameras are rolling or not, um, Brandon and the team are on the case. The work doesn't stop. Yeah that it, it goes on constantly, constantly. Yeah. Um, well, and that's what you learn through that, through the insider program is that 
you know, you think you see a lot on the TV show. You don't see hardly anything on the TV show. There's right. so much more you learn through that insider program of the, the, the rest of the story. Um, you know, yeah. the, the stat that they give of, was it 0.87% of all the film footage actually makes it on the show. Yes. So the rest of that wow. is what you don't know. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes those stories are even more compelling than the stuff that we see on the show. So yeah. the show is just a small window into what really goes on um, on the ranch. Mm -hmm. It's just always one more question or two more questions every time you try something. And, yeah. and my yeah. suspicion is the whole repeatability thing, the ranch isn't going to let that happen. It'll it'll always throw you a curveball, mm -hmm. one way or another. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I've been hit by a few of those curveballs, and <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'll I'll say it again. It it can be really humbling because you really have to just you know once you sort of get over. Pardon me, the WTF TF? Did I just see mm -hmm. or? Or what happened to my gear? Or looking at data and going, what, what? Then you know, and thank God for Eric Bard and you know some of the other guys just saying, take a deep breath, <laughs> yeah. let's think about this, let's be methodical about it, let's you know, let's try to figure this out. And what a great segue to add my kudos to the Insider Program because. Um, Brandon has, Brandon has said it many times and much more eloquently than I can, but is, is there another place or project or research endeavor, whatever you want to call it, that has opened the kimono in such a way? Nope. If there nope. is, I'm not aware of it. So I would agree. No, there's not. Yeah. And, um, wow, that's. How cool is that, right? That's because it's so logical, right? If if call it five, six guys, and maybe you know family members or good friends of the cast or you know whatever it is, a fixed number of people looking through all of this information versus letting everybody look an infinite amount of eyeballs on the data. I mean, the logic is so clear. It's, it's, you know, kudos to Brandon and the guys for saying, yeah, that's the smart way to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think it brings real credibility to it. Um, it does. Yeah. Because, because there's, I'll speak for, again, speaking for myself, if there was anything contrived or there was bullshit going on and, you know, this is all entertainment and there's no science at all, I would have walked off set three years ago. I would have nothing to do with it. Yep. My most valuable resource is my reputation. And I do a lot of other projects outside of Skinwalker Ranch that, you know, could be negatively affected if, you know, I got labeled some kind of a crackpot fanatic, whatever. Um, so I love that I am all about the insiders. You said I'm a member. Um, I, I don't tune in as often as I'd like to, but wow, these are dedicated um uh professional curious people who are paying attention all the time 
And that's just so cool. It's and unique. Yeah. It is very seven and around the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's really? international. Is, oh, of course. It's the internet, Pete. Wake up. Of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's truly is. And there's so many people in there from so many different countries. And we and we all get to meet and talk with each other. Now they've got the Discord channel going where we can actually sit and talk with each other. And again, mm -hmm. there's Eric in there, and he is a, the, one of the best teachers. I don't think he sees himself as a teacher, but he is. And he's over there, you know, working on something and explaining things to us. And and and, and I came up with, a you know, an idea one day. I was talking about, you know, we were in there talking, and, and I said something about, you know, an experiment that I would like to do in Homestead too. Well, he popped in. We didn't even know he was listening. He was listening, and he popped in, and he said, Tell me a little bit more about this. How would you how would you see this going down? And so he was started asking me questions, having me explain myself, you know, like a teacher would. And so I did. And he was starting to put that together. And it's it's one of those things where, as you said earlier, no one else is doing this. No other reality show or anything like this is happening. These guys are at the forefront of this sort of access to a group of people doing experiments that is unparalleled right now. They are, they're, they're, they're the, uh, they're the pioneers in this thing and, and kudos to the guys that run it. They, you know, the David and Ryan, the guys over at, uh, you know, that, that put all this together at 360 works. I mean, it, it's amazing that, that we get to do this. And I, th and I think my, you know, I thank them every day that we get to have this kind of access and help, like you said, help Eric and the team with this experiment. There's so much data. There's so much to do and see. He's now bringing us into the fold. And now we are part of it as well. All yeah. of the insiders. Yeah. It's, just, it's amazing. It's so yeah. much fun. It's well worth the money. I got. <laughs> yeah. And it, that, you know, the, it all harkens back to what we talked about at the top, which was mm -hmm. the people you meet and this sense of, you know, community. And it's, it's in this case, it's just smart. It's just logical. Yep. Um, I could spend the rest of my life looking at the data I've collected at the ranch mm -hmm. and miss everything, anything, right? It's just, it's an overwhelming amount of information. So, you know, I selfishly hope, I bet a lot of insiders do as well, that at some point, because the genie ain't going back in the bottle. Mm -hmm. The insiders are here. The kimono's open. You know, Brandon and Eric and the rest of the guys have all said, "Join us," which is mm -hmm. fabulous. Um, you you can't you can't turn that off. And if you think about it statistically, almost mathematically, the odds that some big breakthrough discovery, whatever it is, some amazing moment statistically is going to be seen by the insiders yeah yeah because there's tens of thousands of them watching 24 mm -hmm. 7 whereas the show shoots for what three months yeah <laughs> yeah basically yeah so and, um, and we see only a portion of that yeah right. a small portion so if i was yeah. if i was a betting man i'd put my all my money on the insiders in terms of where <laughs> the break a breakthrough or a discovery is going to happen. Well, there's been a lot of things that we have seen and that's what's so, yeah. You know, James, there's James Keenan. He's there now. He's uh, piping in on a few uh, comments here, which is, 
you know, and I, and I think, you know, uh, I've had James has been on the show here and again, uh, shared with us some fantastic information that he has collected out in that area and all the work that he is doing. Um, and, and I appreciate him being here tonight talking about these very things, but you know, it, it's, 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 you're absolutely right when you say that, because we're spending more time watching and observing than the TV, you know, people would ever go. And, and you see that in, you mentioned something about the credibility earlier, that, that particular Q and a that you were involved in that Brandon was there. And I'll just say this again. I think I mentioned it when I did an insider's insights show, but Brandon got very passionate about what he is doing here. And when we all, I mean, he, he was very vocal about, you know, his involvement and the money he has spent and the reputation on the line and everything else. He said, do you think I would be doing this if I didn't believe in this? I mean, he, he was, you know, and you were sitting right there next to him and it was like, you know, so we all know it's not about the money. It's not about some, you know, oh, I'm going to be a celebrity. I'm going to be on TV and be a celebrity. None of these guys feel like that at all. And yet they're out there trying to solve a, a great, great mystery. And I think that you're right. It is going to be the insiders that get to see this when it does come out you know we we saw lucy you know we call it lucy it's the orb lucy the orb that was floating around inside homestead too things like that i mean it was all spotted and uaps that we've seen moving across and just all kinds of stuff anyway we could go on and on about it but it's just uh it's one of those things where um you know people if you haven't tried it you should try it out there's a free trial it does it does cost there is a free a trial you get to try it out for a month i think or something like that and see what you what you think about it but it's a it's a really a a, a great thing and we will be the ones i think that's helped solve this uh with the team so yeah. uh, um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to brandon and mm -hmm. it, that kind of passion dedication commitment yeah he wears it on his sleeve yeah <laughs> this he is absolutely committed to this at oftentimes at great expense. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that old adage among small business owners, no one cares like the owner. Yep. No one cares yep. like the owner. <laughs> Very true. And he, he is, he desperately wants this. And now tens of millions of other people want, mm -hmm. we all want the same thing, which is just yep. understanding, you know, you know, um, so whether, whether that passion is sort of quiet and, you know, the Eric Bards of the world <laughs> to, me, to me is just as attractive as overt, you know, uh, passion that you know uh from brandon to me it's to me it's the same thing it's like look um this is exploration right yep and it it's science and both are ugly and everybody involved understands that there are going to be people who say if you go there you're going to sail off the end the end of the earth right that's the nature of exploration that's always going to happen they're always going to be there um but what i love about this group of people there's a great 
speech from Teddy Roosevelt that I loved. It's called The Man in the Arena from 1917. And he basically just says, kudos to the folks who step out and ask the difficult questions and take the chance and shame on, what does he call them? The cold and timid souls who will never know uh, victory or defeat. <laughs> and that's how, that's how I, that's how I look at this. It's like my selfish interest is wouldn't, how cool would it be to have played a tiny little part in mm. some great discovery or even a small yeah. discovery yeah. just to, to answer a question that's on everybody's mind. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I'm an insider. So maybe I can be part of that little yeah. piece as well, yeah. Yeah. you know, and getting to watch the screens and seeing, I saw a UAP and I've recorded it. I, you know, it's on the, it's on the spreadsheet that uh, Shannon works so hard on, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's on there as well. And, and we, you know, many people have spotted something like that, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, to you know, I think we all would like to be part of that, and we are all are part of that, you know. And hopefully, that yep. uh, will transcend, and we will actually help get some answers. Um, the other thing, thing I, gotta, I think is is really really nice about the insider group is that it's a safe space. Yeah. Yes. Anybody's view is is welcome because yep. we have to have that. We have to have that diversity of thought, and I think that's what you see. Eric loving so much is the different ideas that come out, um, different theories. Uh, and it's okay um, to, to bring up whatever you think it might be because nobody knows. So you could be right. Anybody could be right. Yeah. So go ahead and throw a theory out there, throw out an experience that you think this may be related to. Um, I think that's a, a huge um, benefit. To, that's, a, um, that's a great point. I totally agree with that, Mike. That is that is something I still struggle with. And again, it comes back to humility. Mm -hmm. Like I've been, you know, I'll hear some what initially sounds like the most ridiculous, crazy, mind bending, you know, theory. And, you know, training myself to just wait. That would be really offensive if you just said that is utter nonsense. Are you crazy? You know, whatever, something okay. dismissive like that. So, um, you know, I remain a work in progress because I, <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with that every day. And I just, you know, I watch, I watch Eric because Eric, to your point, is he'll like tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really is. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great point, Mike. It truly is. And, um, you know, and that, and that's the thing, what did, what did Travis say when he first got out to the ranch and the guys make fun of him about this all the time when he first got out to the ranch and he was invited to come out there and pardon my language, freight people on the show, we try to keep this clean. But when Travis first got out there, he said, you guys are batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but then he got involved and then he started seeing and the results of their experiments and everything. And now he's 100% into solving this, helping to solve this mystery with Eric and everybody else. So yeah, it, there you go.
so he he came out there here you got a rocket scientist come come out there to help and now he's involved right in the middle of it and he, he's there to stay um some people were asking if he's going to come back oh yeah he'll be back out there no doubt about it we've seen him on on the on the some of the q a's that they have uh, here during the off season that we all get to participate in. All right. I tell you what, we're getting on time here, but Pete, before we go, I have to ask you this question. What is on the horizon for Pete Kelsey now and your company, uh, VCTO labs? I mean, what kind of big things you got happening that you are allowed to tell us about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, it's, huh? the, it's the permission to talk about it. Oh, part. I know. Okay. Always just, a challenge. Yeah, um, I know. I'm sorry um, I put you in that position, but I just, I know some of the stuff isn't all, you know, yeah. TV show related. I know you do a yeah. lot of other things. And again, I'll mention folks to go out and check out adventuresinrediscovery.com. The link is down there below. You'll see the ongoing list of things that Pete has been involved in. And I'm sure that's not even all of it, but I mean, yeah. Tell us a little bit. I mean, besides a TV show that you might be working with that you can't talk about, what's what you got going on? Let's see. Um, I have. Let me think about this. And I kind of put you on the spot on this one. <laughs> um, I've been working with um, a company called Search, and they are essentially the largest archaeological services company in the world. And um, they are, wow, do they have their hands in some of the coolest stuff. So the things that I have done that are public, we can talk about. Mm -hmm. So search was on the icebreaker. They had a staff person on the icebreaker that found the endurance Shackleton's ship. Wow. A few months ago, which yes. anybody who knows anything about yep. exploration yep. and adventure, yep. oh my God. Yeah. That was just that was huge. An amazing moment. Um, um, I worked on the Clotilda, which was on a cover of the National Geographic magazine. It's the last slave ship, Civil War era last ship to known it's documented proof to have brought slaves smuggled slaves from africa captives into the united states wow. and they found the wreck of the ship and um i was on site documenting uh items as they were brought up and that's just turning into a, a difficult but really important and powerful story <clears throat> just yeah. amazing um so probably more coming with that. And, but anyway, I guess because they've got their fingers and I mean, they're living the Indiana Jones <laughs> movie scripts. Right. These are archeologists working on projects all over the world. And that's fantastic. You know, I, I just keep raising my hand and saying, I, I want to help because yeah. put me in coach. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Man. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, and so many times I have uh, folks on the show <clears throat> that are doing such honest to goodness, great and fun things that they get to do. Uh, and you are one of them. So we, we get to uh, kind of live vicariously through you and what you uh, have done and what you show us. Uh, what an amazing, um, you know, line of work that you are in and you get to do these things. 
and and I can't uh, thank you enough for coming on the show here tonight and sharing this with us. Um, and also, you know, I got to say that, you know, in the future, I, I hope you'll come back someday when you've got, I know you're probably going to be out at Skinwalker maybe again someday. You might be on some other shows that we're going to be talking about. But we love hearing these stories and we love looking into some of the research and the work that you've done with technology and helping, like you said earlier at the beginning of the show, we talked about helping the story along and through technology. And I think that's fantastic. And I hope you'll come back and share some more with us on this in the future. I'd, I'd be happy to. And thank you, Jeff and Mike and all the folks who tuned in and listened to me blather on about um, <laughs> <laughs> all of this. Um, it's it's so much fun to talk about and to share. And, you know, um, yeah, so I I look forward to coming back. Let's talk some more. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Mike Owen, you got anything else you want to, you want to bring up before we go? Yeah. I got one more question for Pete. All right, cool. Cause he's the only guy I know that might have more toys than Eric Bard does. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you, so what, what, what would you say is your pride and joy when your equipment in your suite of toys, what is the one toy that you would not want to live without? I'll, I'll twist that just a little bit. Um, the two things that I never leave home without, <laughs> I think that was an old credit card ad, right? Don't, like, yeah. don't leave home without it. Yeah. Um, are the hover map, mm -hmm. which is the mobile scanner that I can walk with. We can fly, we can strap it to vehicles. It's just because it's so versatile. And then uh, terrestrial laser scanner, my trusty Faro S350. Th those two tools, um, yeah, I don't leave home without them. Wow. And carry them around in the nice. car just in case. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, okay, occasion occasionally clean underwear and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those times when you're out and you see Bigfoot walk by in front of the, your scanner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great point. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that that piece of equipment, the uh, Emerson, is that how you call it? Emerson. Yeah, hover the Emerson hover map. Yep. Yeah, slam based uh, lidar. What is slam? What does that mean? S L A M. What does that mean? It stands for simultaneous localization and mapping. Okay. Yeah, it's a mouthful. It just means. You know, a terrestrial laser scanner sits on a tripod. It's static. Yes, right. Slam LiDAR, you can move. Okay. You can walk with. And, yeah. um, you know, at the risk of getting into techno babble, it's you, as speed goes up, typically, um, you know, some of the accuracy precision goes down. Mm -hmm. um, but not by much. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I forgot to even, I forgot to even mention when you, when you gave it to Eric, that same unit and told him to go into homestead two and he went in there and scanned around with homestead two and then they ran the data and part of it was not showing up yeah yeah that that was again one of those screwy things what happened there why did part of the homestead two not even show up on the the data that's absolutely bizarre and filmed live in the moment yep that was I've, I've got somebody sent me a screen grab of I'm <laughs> they took a scene on camera where I'm I'm sitting like this going what 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I was going to show that picture real quick. There it is. There, uh, and it completely missed some of the interior walls and whatnot of Homestead too. And again, you go back to how did that possibly even happen? How, how did that take place? Where it missed that? And there's Eric, you know, walking around with the unit yeah. right there. So yeah, interesting. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Bringing up that particular point. All right. I'll tell you hey, what. Yes. Hey. You, uh, because you've got an audience here, I'd love if I could. You just put up a picture of me all covered up, and I look like some like desert commando guy. Um, I get asked about that a lot. It's like, why, why does Pete cover himself up? You know, is he a wanted felon? You know, what's going on? <laughs> Short story is the son and I are enemies. Ah. So I wear gloves and cover up because I've had a couple of skin cancer scares so Ooh, the son yeah. and i do not get along so it, it would be great if <laughs> selfishly i get to use your platform to answer that question so thank you <laughs> you're welcome yeah that's uh, my son my son uh has to he deals with that and so and uh, his daughter my granddaughter she also uh deals with that same thing she has to cover up when she goes outside she gets uh the son and her do not get along uh, very well also so i understand that very very well i kind of figured when i saw the gloves i knew that they put the wrap around um you know to keep the sun burning the back of your neck and that sort of thing but the gloves and all that and i wondered if that was the case and sure enough you just answered that question so thank you for that. yeah so. all right we're gonna wrap it up here again folks thank you so much for being here with us tonight mike on sitting in the co-host chair awesome job thank you sir and you Mr. Pete Kelsey, I can't thank you enough, sir, for coming on the show here and sharing your experiences with us here tonight. And I sure hope you come back again, like we had mentioned earlier. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Yep. Folks, if you're out there, please, if you like the content of the show we did here tonight, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, you know, even if you liked it just a little bit, it does help a lot. It helps for you two algorithms to get us out there and get us noticed more. And if you'd like to help support the show, we have our Patreon channel. It's patreon.com. And then you can find me there at jfree906. I just got a new patron signed up today. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Don't forget, we got another show coming up here on Saturday or uh, tomorrow night. We're doing Beyond Oak Island. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow night. Again, Mike, thank you. Pete, thank you very much. Folks, we'll catch you next time right here on jfree906 podcast. Good night, everyone.